I said at the nine o'clock service, and I will say again, that it is my privilege to give you the word, and I'm going to change that to say it is my privilege to bring you the afterword today. <laughs> Thank you. One of my favorite southern lesbians. I've included a lot of y'all. I'm just picking one out. Don't get fussy. <laughs> Dorothy Allison tells a story about her Aunt Dot and the wisdom that she receives from her family, her Aunt Dot. She says, Aunt Dot says this thing. She says, there are two or three things I know for sure. And when Dorothy tells the story, she says, Aunt Dot spits, which I'm going to hold off on that, but just picture it for a minute. There are two or three things I know for sure. And then Aunt Dot says, thing is, not always the same two or three things, and I'm never as sure as I'd like to be. I think for myself, that's what comes to my spirit when I'm offered an opportunity to bring the Word of God to God's people. It is incredibly humbling. Good morning, people of God. It is a humbling blessing to walk with you in the Word today. And there are two or three things I know for sure and not always so clear as I'd like to be, but I will tell you one thing, one thing that I know for absolute sure no matter what kind of sure. And that is that I love Jesus Christ with all of my heart, my strength, my soul, and my life, and that I love Jesus Christ this way because he first loved me. Amen. That's true. I didn't know that this would be true. One day, if you had told me this, I would have laughed and cried. I did not know that I would be able to say the one thing I know is that Jesus Christ loves me and I love him with all that I have. What an amazing blessing. I did not know that I was meeting Christ for a long time, but he was coming into my life over and over. There are two or three things I do know for sure just for today. One of those things is I'm a 30-minute preacher with 15 minutes to preach. <laughs> Amen. So uh, I'm going to do my best to let God do for me what I may not be able to do by myself. <laughs> yes, hallelujah. I also know that Jesus Christ has been calling me from fear into love for 20 years, so I need to be humble and realistic about how much I'm going to be able to share with you today. Right? Amen. 20 years and counting. Jason gave me a word of assistance as I was preparing to preach. He said, preach one sermon. Amen. <laughs> and he said, share who you are, not what you think, and it's all going to turn out beautiful. Share who you are and not what you think, and it's all going to turn out beautiful. So I'm going to just tell you right now in case I get cut off or I just ramble too long or I lose your interest, that's the Cliff Notes version of the sermon I'm about to preach. Okay? <laughs> if you get nothing else, this is what it comes down to. Share who you are, preferably in Christ, and not what you think. It's all going to turn out beautiful. Share who Christ is in you, not what you think, 
And it will also all turn out beautiful. There you go. There's the sermon. So let me tell you some stories. <laughs> I started meeting Jesus long before I realized it. Sean and I had been friends since we were very little, went to grade school together. Sean was dear to my heart in that way that only childhood friendships happen. You know, where it's not about anything on the outside. You just look at each other and you know, I like you. Sean and I had that thing, that magical connection. Sean was one of those boys, maybe you knew one, maybe you were one, that was a little bit overweight and a little bit sensitive. And his way through the world was that he would sometimes be aggressive and mean because of that, just to keep himself protected, right? But for some reason, God blessed me with always being able to feel his heart, and I knew there was something else in him. And we became friends because he could see my heart too. And somehow I knew that. And I was meeting Jesus before I knew it. We went through life together. Let me just tell you a little bit about what Sean was like. One time we were at the, uh, I was at the county fair and I was going around in the Ferris wheel. And each time the carriage came back down near the ground, for a little while I heard, heard what I thought was, I love you. Back around, I love you. Looking around, I love you. And I turned around, and there was Sean down at the bottom of the Ferris wheel. And every time my carriage came down, I love you, he was yelling up at the carriage. In sixth grade, that was a very brave thing to do. <laughs> Amen. And I loved him for it. When we were older, had an experience when we were in high school. I'm going to tell you something, you better not ever use it against me, you hear? I was a cheerleader for four years. Okay. That's right. Be impressed and nothing else, all right? I was a cheerleader, and uh, I was cheering at this game, football game, and Sean was out there playing on the field, and uh, big play happened, and Sean dropped the ball. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and what also happened was there was a commotion up in the stands where the crowds were, and I turned, and I saw Sean's father drunk again up in those stands, screaming at his son. Words I'm not going to repeat to you here. Questioning his manhood. Stumbling in the stands. And I saw Sean pick up that ball and turn around and just walk to the other end of the field. And my heart broke open for Sean again. As time went on, we journeyed together a while. And Sean found something that helped him in the way that so many of us need healing. My background, his background, many of our backgrounds, painful places, some of them. And he found something that happened for him. He became born again when we were about 18 or 19 years old. And at that time, he went to a party with me. We were still hanging out with the friends that we hung out with. And I remember he took my hand in the middle of this party and he started crying. And he said, Kristen, I cannot bear the thought that you are going to burn in hell. For me, just for me, because I love you and I can't stand it. Will you please say the words that you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior so that I know that you will not burn? And I started to cry as well because I said, I can't say those words because I cannot come and do something as serious as draw into a relationship with God on the basis of fear. And right now, that's what that would be, that I just become him because I'm afraid 
I can't do this thing. He said, I will pray for you. I said, I hope you do. And I was meeting Jesus and I didn't know it. We continued to walk together and Sean developed in his relationship with Christ. And as he did, he talked less about what he thought and he lived more the healing love of Christ in my life. And I was walking with Christ and I didn't even know it. Sean took me to my first Alcoholics Anonymous meeting and afterward he held my hand about everything I was confused about, how frightened I was, how hard it felt. Not once did he tell me I had to say any particular words. He listened. He told me it was going to be okay. He walked with me in the beginnings of my journey of faith and he told me no matter what, God would be there with me. Jesus was walking with me and I didn't know it. I was praying one day in the way that I was in my new life and I was giving thanks for this second chance and once again I met Jesus he came in prayer this time I was praying and I didn't expect it I wasn't looking for it I wasn't asking for it and there he was with me right there and I was so startled and uncomfortable I'll tell the truth I didn't know what to make of this and what it would mean for me and I was afraid a little bit irritated a little bit and I heard this one thing can I walk with you those words were not the words that I would have expected to hear those were the words that were given can I walk with you and I said all I could say yes and Jesus began to walk with me and still I didn't altogether understand it and I continued to meet Jesus along the way over and over again when I went to those meetings to help me stay open and available to my life and to other people, I met this woman named Annie. She became a friend of mine. I loved it when Annie would raise her hand in a meeting. She talked raunchy the way that I had lived. She was a real person. She would tell the truth about why we were in those rooms. Amen? She was so full of light and laughter and humor and joy. You may know her. She is an author, Annie Lamont. I had the blessing of journeying this path with her for a little while and loved it when she talked about God. I loved it when she talked about her journey and she would say things I can't repeat here. <laughs> and one day, she said to me that she was a Christian. I thought, with a mouth like that? <laughs> You're a Christian with a mouth like that? And I liked it. And I thought, maybe... Maybe I too could find my way to walk with Jesus. Little did I know Jesus was already walking with me. She told me it wasn't so hard to be a Christian. She said, in fact, she didn't really mean to. It sort of just happened. <laughs> just happened? She said, yeah, sort of like Jesus is like a stray cat. <laughs> she said, I left the door open <laughs> and it just sort of showed up. And then I just started feeding it a little bit. The next thing you know, I couldn't get rid of it. She said, for real? She said, me and Jesus, we've been hanging out together ever since. Kind of low maintenance, she would joke. Just keep the door open. I was walking with Jesus. Didn't know it. Some years later, I had the opportunity to meet Reverend Pat Bumgardner, who's our pastor at MCC New York. When I met her, she scared me. She did. She's a pastor of a gay church. Amen. 
scary enough. She looked kind of scary. She talked so serious. I'll tell you something else. Reverend Pat Bumgardner prepared dinner and opened the doors of her church every other Thursday night for the transgender street workers that were just coming off their shifts so that they could come in and have a meal and then she would ask them if they were getting proper health care and did they need her to go with them to get some services and did they need help in any way I was a little scared and Reverend Pat told me everybody belongs in the love of God. She said, that door is open to everybody. And I was scared of how big her everybody was. But I wanted that big everybody. And I was walking with Jesus. I still didn't quite get it. The walk was long. Went on a while. Still going on. And little bit by little bit, I've come to realize that's the thing, right? That's the thing. We walk on, and we leave the door open, and we learn deeper and deeper truths about the word whosoever. We learn deeper and deeper truths about the unconditional love of God that says, I'm walking with you before you've even called my name, that says, I am your friend, I am your sister, I am the person across the street. I am the one that you think you do not know and would never care to know. I am with you. Today, when we read this great commission, and we hear those words that have been preached to us, perhaps, for a long time, I ask that we hear them fresh again, on fresh hearts, open hearts. This is not some task that we are saddled with to prove that we are Christians. Does not the word say, go and make disciples? It doesn't say, go make Christians. No. It doesn't even say, go save souls. Hello. It says, go make disciples. And I'm going to suggest to you today, the best way to make a disciple is to remember two things. One, to be a disciple. Can't make a disciple without being a disciple. And two, that it's not me who makes a disciple anyway. It is God and God's presence and God's love and God's witness in and through the life I live. God makes disciples through the disciples that walk in the path of love with Christ. Amen. So today, as we look at these words afresh, hold in your heart the truth of the many ways you are a living gospel. Who are you befriending? Who are you welcoming? Who are you loving into healing? You are the living gospel of Jesus Christ. He says, go out and make disciples of all nations. What's a nation anyway? What's a nation anyway? It is just a thing that people make up that say some people are different than others. Go make disciples of all nations means step across those things that seem to make you them and you us. Step across those things that say, you and I, we are not alike, therefore we cannot hold hands. Those things that keep us divided from one another and from the love of God. Make disciples of all nations. Reach the hand of love. Walk the walk of love. Talk the talk of love. Listen the listening of love with all people. Always inviting Christ in and through as we do. 
make disciples of all nations. And the last thing, the word of encouragement that I'd offer to us all this day, these are the very last words that Jesus says in the gospel according to Matthew. Remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. My invitation is that we remain with him always as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.